This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your very first purchase. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. It's the Locked On Aggies podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network. Talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're talking about trap games. That's right. Texas A&M will be gearing up for probably their best season and most likely chance to go to the college football playoff under the likes of Jimbo Fisher entering his third year come 2020, whenever the season starts. But like every other team in the NCAA who is viewed as a contender, there's one or two games a year that you have to look at that will immediately cause concern that if they don't come out fast, come out strong, and be ready to play, it could be a trap game. We're going to be breaking down what games are not trap games, what games could be trap games, and what games certainly A&M fans should be circling around their calendar saying, oh my god, what's going to happen? Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show. I do love talking to you guys. I always love personal feedback. And whatever I can do to make this show better, your implications help out with that. So give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson. And also like the show at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things related to the 12th man up in College Station. So we want to give you better content on a daily basis. Give us a follow at Locked on Aggies and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or listen to us at LockedOnPodcast.com. We have breaking news to start off the show. A&M on the recruiting trail, trying to contend with the likes of the SEC contenders LSU and Alabama and Georgia, and any other team you want to throw into that mix, you can. But less than a week after landing Deuce Harmon, the Aggies are moving the momentum as they landed four-star offensive tackle Ruben Fathery Monday morning over the likes of multiple different universities. Those included LSU, Baylor, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and of course in-state rivals Texas and Texas Tech. Favre has been on the Aggies' radar for quite some time after you saw what he was able to do uh, during his time last season, and he's also made numerous visits to the campus over the past several months before the start of quarantine. He is one of the bigger players in AM. He's going to be someone who you look at on the offensive line and wonder if he's going to be the future left tackle. Uh, He came out with a statement earlier in his video. As I announced my decision today, I reflect on many things I have been through these past few years. First, I want to thank God for the blessings of um, me with this opportunity. All things are possible through Christ. I also want to thank my mom, my dad, my sister getting me from practices, workouts, camps, and college visits. I also want to thank my Oma and Opa, Courtney, Mark, Evan and my family in Nixon. It has been an awesome journey as I have been able to see many great college campuses, meet great coaching staffs and their families. I would like to thank Coach McDowell and my coaches at Foster High School. It has been a blessing to receive so many offers from elite programs around the country. This has not been an easy decision by any means, but I feel my commitment is the best fit for me. So I would like to announce my commitment and the four-year decision to Texas A&M University. 
For anyone who follows Texas A&M at an elite level by watching the film and watching what's been the problem with the Aggies, I can tell you right now, it's the offensive line. It's always been the offensive line that's been kind of a bigger issue. And now, Fadri is the third commitment along for A&M, along with Matthew Wycroft and Trey Zahn. He is rated the number 18 offensive tackle and the 140th prospect nationally, according to 24-7 Sports. His commitment is number 10 for the 2021 class. This is already gearing up to be one of A&M's better years, and they finished last year just shy of a top five class in 2020. If the offensive line pieces that were added this past offseason, and with Kenyon Green being probably more than anything else, the bonafide right or left tackle, at least in 2021, and these new pieces coming to the offensive line, Zach Calzada, Haynes King, or whoever takes a snap under center in 2021 is geared up for success immediately and keeping A&M in contention for the college football playoff for many years to come. A lot like John Gruden, Jimbo Fisher was brought in knowing that it was going to take maybe not three years, but definitely at least a year to figure out what worked with this program. And now he has his players in the locker room. By 2021, the entire roster will have likely been recruited by either people who work with Fisher or Fisher staff in general who were retained when he joined the team in College Station. This is now a whole Fisher team. Fisher had his best success when he led the team for what he was able to do in the recruiting trail. So now you have that, and now he's going to be able to make his mark as a bona fide head coach in the SEC. So this will be a prove-it year, but next year certainly should be the year where fans take notice of what could happen in College Station should the Aggies offensive line only improve with recruits like Fathery. As we said, today's show is going to be talking about the trap games of 2020 for Texas A&M. It's going to be a long season. 12 games is a lot, but here's the reality of it. There's games scheduled every year for A&M to see not only what the future of the program is going to be with younger talent, but also games that are guaranteed to win. That's why you pay these smaller programs to travel to College Station for the fans to sit there for three quarters, maybe if you're lucky, the start of the fourth, and then head out because the game is already over before the last 15 minutes are played. Those are not going to be considered trap games. So why don't we just start with that? What aren't considered trap games? There's two types. The ones you're guaranteed or supposed to win by a ton, that doesn't mean you always win by a ton, but it means that you are supposed to win by a ton, and games are going to be close. So automatically, North Texas is not a trap game. A&M is scheduled to play them as a warm-up game before they start the SEC. That's going to be a game where you should see Zach Calzada, and if they don't redshirt him, Haynes King battle out for QB 2-3 and next season at some point just because of... By halftime, the score is out out of the wazoo. Same with Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian is an FCS school that barely finished above 500 last year. I think they actually finished at 500 last year. So again, if A&M loses to to them, that's not a trap game. That's a just horrendous loss by a program that should be winning those games easily. That would be like back in 2006 when Appalachian State beat Michigan. That's how you compare that game. It's not a trap game at all. Another game that isn't a trap game is LSU. A lot of people are going to say, oh, well, LSU lost everything. Doesn't matter. LSU had another great recruiting class. They still have Ed Orgeron. 
They still have Steve Ellinger still calling the shots, even though Joe Brady was the instrumental piece of that offense last year. And it's technically a rivalry game. I don't consider any of these rivalry games trap games. You have no idea what's going to happen in those games. They're supposed to be confrontational, questionable. You're supposed to be guessing what could go right, what could go wrong. They're supposed to be battle games. They're not supposed to be, oh, we're probably going to win, and then we lose. It's it's supposed to be a throw everything out, throw the records out, throw out all the marbles. This is just a game where winner take all and bragging rights come out. That's why it's the last game of the year. And the other game that is definitely not a trap game for AM this year is Alabama. Alabama is going to be coming back ready to win again. This was the first time in 2019 they did not go to the college football playoff. Nick Saban doesn't lose. He has more first-round picks than losses at the University of Alabama in 13 years. That's an average of 1-2 to two losses. I think it's 1.34 losses a season for Alabama. Finishing 10-2 and two this year is unheard of for Nick Saban. This is not a trap game. This is a one team is coming in to win, one team is coming in to lose, and for AM, more so, they would be the trapper in this trap game kind of thing. And I put it in quotations because of that's what I mean. They would be the, oh, Alabama's going to win easily. Oh, crap. No we're, no, we're not. No, we're not. That's how you look at it. It's not a trap game for AM. This is a game where... If they want to finish 10-2, and two, this should be one of their only two losses. That would be justifiable, I think, to the fan base. Those four are absolutely not trap games. Then again, there are other teams that shouldn't be trap games and right now aren't. So let's break down who are and who aren't trap games for 2020 in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies. And much like you, I am a health-conscious guy trying to stay in shape during quarantine. But you always got to have your daily dose of breakfast foods. And for me, who's always on the run, I found a tasty new treat in Built Bars. Built Bar is an amazing protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar and comes in 16 amazing different flavors. My personal favorites include the mint chocolate chip and the salted caramel. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is not only good, but it's good for you. And it's covered in the chocolate that everyone loves. Plus, not only will it help you lose weight, it can help you maintain weight as a delicious treat. Take, for instance, the peanut butter brownie bar. It comes with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 net carbs. You're not going to find another treat like that out here. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your first order. That code is locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So whatever you're doing to stay in shape during this quarantine offseason, make sure you're using it with Built Bar. Not only will you see results, but you'll have a tasty treat to start your day off right. Gig them, y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams with people who understand your team better than possibly you could? If so, why not listen to a Locked On podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus a ton of talent surrounding the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and of course, 
all the up-to-date information to help your fantasy sports season. So go ahead and like us on iTunes, like us on Spotify, or listen to us live on LockedOnPodcast.com. Today, we're talking trap games for Texas A&M in 2020. We already said that there was four games that immediately you could throw out that are definitely not trap games for A&M, and that would be Abilene Christian, Alabama, North Texas, and LSU. All four of those should either be easy wins, a rivalry game, or it's going to be the other way around. Alabama is going to be a trap game against A&M. That's just the reality of it. So who are teams that shouldn't be trap games entering the season but could progressively make their way into the trap territory? First off, Fresno State. You have no idea what you're going to expect from the Bulldogs this year after horrendous 2019 season. They finished 4-6. They're no longer big-time contenders for the Mountain West Conference. They're no longer the little brother to Boise State. It's kind of just like they're in the pack. They're also going to be facing up against a bunch of top-level talent week in and week out. It's no longer an easy game to start off, but it's also just a game that with the talent that's going to be on the field for AM, that should be enough to set them aside as a win. But of the games between North Texas, Abilene Christian, and them, I would say because of you have a guy like DeBoer who really fixed the Hoosier offense last year, Going back to a university he worked with for a very long time, it should be an easy transition for him to make the proper adjustments to hopefully be a 6-6 win team. And maybe just somehow one of their wins is against the Aggies. I don't think it's going to happen, but this would be the likely least that isn't already a non-trap game. Next up for me, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has nothing going right for them right now. Their recruiting classes are downright horrible. They aren't able to have any real chemistry with their offense or defense. They've lost their best players in the last few years with JoJuan Williams and Keyshawn Vaughn. They don't really know who's going to be playing quarterback. They don't have a viable running back. They have zero weapons. The offensive line is okay. The defense is in shambles. Derek Mason, as good as a coach as he is, might be better suited as a coordinator than a head coach. And if he does get his chance again, he's probably not going to be in the SEC. He's probably going to be in a smaller conference, to say the least. Maybe the AAC. A school like Eastern Carolina, a school like Tulsa, maybe, if Philip Montgomery gets a shot somewhere else. Maybe even Navy would be a great fit for him because of the offense that they like to run up there. And they are a very defensive-minded team. He's a defensive coordinator from Stanford before he took the job at the Commodores. This isn't a trap game, but if things somehow turn around, this would be leaning more towards A&M having to better prepare. They can struggle on the road with this team and still probably win by two touchdowns. Next up, Colorado. If Mel Tucker was still the coach at Colorado this year, I would say it would be a trap game. Even with the losses of Steven Montez and LaVisca Sinault, I still would say it was a trap game because... You have to remember, he was the defensive back coach at Alabama for two seasons. He's worked with people who have worked on the staff of Jimbo Fisher. He knows what the SEC is all about. But he's in Michigan State now. It's a brand new team. And right now, just three years removed from the Pac-12 championship, Colorado is not a good team. They're back to being that team that we knew in the Big 12 when A&M was there. They're not going to be anything special They're not going to be anything to stand out. 
this should be an easy win for AM, but again, anything can happen. Kellen Mond could tear his ACL week one. Zach Calzada could come out and be horrendous. And this could be a down year for AM. This could be a six and six year for AM. And that just proves that Mond was the reason for the success in AM. It's just the reality of it. But I don't see it being a trap game right now. I also don't see Ole Miss being a trap game as of right now. I like Ole Miss. I think the hire of Lane Kiffin is a perfect hire. This is a team filled with people who are pizzazz and sparkle. And when you look at the history of the Ole Miss players who have been talented in guys such as DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Chad Kelly, Laquan Treadwell, Laramie Tunsil, the list goes on and on. It goes on about what this team could have been. But they're not anything right now. They're just kind of a run-of-the-mill team, and they need that spark back that they did have under Hugh Freeze. Lane Kiffin will do that. But they have John Reese Plumley as the quarterback, and until I see his arm get better, all I see him as, as a is a runner. He's what you run in a wishbone offense with your quarterback. He'll throw it 10, 12 times a game, but you're going to rely on the running back game. And Scotty Phillips is gone, so you don't have a true running back anymore. You at the bank on this team just transforming because of the culture that Kiffin's going to bring for them to contend. The last team that is not a contender for the sleeper pick right now, it, for me personally, it's South Carolina. South Carolina is not a bad team. And I think with Ryan Holinsky as their quarterback, they're going to get better. It might take some time, though. It really might. Because of Debo Samuel is gone, and now Brian Edwards is gone. You lost your top two weapons over the past two seasons. And probably two of the better wide receivers since the likes of Alshon Jeffrey to come through the program in Columbia. I don't see this being that difficult of a game. And especially that you lost Javon Kinlaw, you're losing a lot of talent that could immediately cause an impact and at least give you some chance to win. Last season, AM could not stop them at all. And the Gamecocks, until late in the third quarter, that's all they did was stuff them at the line. They weren't able to do anything else. So in reality, the way I look at this is South Carolina got worse because of their recruits are not getting better. And the talent that they have there is now in the NFL. And hopefully, Edwards, Kinlaw, and Samuel will be stars in the NFL. Showing that the program is, you know what? It's a good program, just led by incompetent leader and Will Muschamp. But for right now, I don't see them as a contender. I just don't. But there are two teams that I do see as trap games, and these are the easy trap games for me, and we're going to be breaking down those two teams in just a quick moment. Like many people, I like to keep my car up to date. But with the ever-increasing numbers of Audis being made and new models coming out daily, it's impossible to stock up on the parts you need at every traditional chain front store. That's why you should go ahead and check out rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business helping out auto part customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine control to brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's for a classic convertible or a daily driving car, get everything you need with just a few easy clicks that will be delivered immediately to your door. The Rock Auto catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brand, specification, and the price you prefer. 
Plus, you're never going to beat rockauto.com's prices. They're reliably low and they're same as the professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend twice as much for the same parts at a traditional store? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to go for your broken down car today. Give him y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or listen to us at LockedOnPodcast.com. Three teams remain in the schedule for A&M, and these are trap games. I'm really going to throw one out because I don't think it's a trap game, but it does fall somewhat in the category. It's Auburn. If Auburn's offense with Seth Williams and Bo Nix takes that next step, I don't think it's a trap game. I think that this is a game that kind of falls in that same category as Alabama-LSU. It right now probably is a trap game only because they lost so much on defense in the past two seasons. And I'm not sure they're going to be able to replace their likes of Marlon Davidson, Noah Igbenahe, and Derek Brown by week five or week six whenever they play. I don't know if that's going to be the case at the point. But if it is and Auburn does look better, Gus Malzahn's going to have this team ready to go. He's going to have them gearing up for an SEC West title. And unfortunately, due to the passing of Pat Dye, this is going to be a remembrance season for Auburn. This could, it, this is always Auburn's year. It's always Auburn's year, and it's always Gus Malzahn on the hot seat year. I think that this is the year where you look at Auburn and you go, okay, maybe they have the likes with the guy under center who they really like to actually contend in 2020. But the two main trap games that we're going to be talking about, and then we're going to close the show out with something real fast. Number two, for me, immediately is Arkansas. Arkansas has played in Arlington every single year as part of the Southwest Classic. Every single year, it's won by a touchdown. It's never an easy win for A&M. A&M always struggles to play in a neutral site. That's why I'm kind of glad you don't see them going to Atlanta every year for the SEC Classic. You don't see them going to uh, Arlington at the start of the year Uh, for the Labor Day weekend showdown or Orlando and Camping World Stadium. I'm glad they're not there yet because of when they play in neutral sites, it's not pretty and it doesn't always end in their favor. But Arkansas is going to have a standout quarterback who has had, you know, actual starting experience in Felipe Franks and they have a 1,000-yard rusher in Rakeem Boyd against the defensive front that's going to be limited without the likes of Justin Matabike. That's going to hurt them a little bit. And while they may not have a ton of receivers and they may not have a lot of talent up there, they have enough talent in those two to make them a good team. The number one trap game, though, for me immediately is Mississippi State. This is going to be... I don't even know how to describe it. It's going to be something incredible to see in the SEC this year with Mike Leach coming there. Starkville is going to be a hot seat, and if... Even though he does not recruit well, and he never has, he gets the results and he wins games. That has always been Mike Leach's philosophy, even back in his days at Texas Tech. He wins games, and he keeps the team afloat. He's going to have a quarterback in KJ Costello that comes out and knows the system immediately. 
immediately can make an impact on this team. Garrett Schrader probably is going to see some snaps, but KJ Costello literally just said, hey, Tommy Stevens, I beat you out. I'm not going to beat out this kid. I'm not. KJ Costello has so much potential to be a standout quarterback, just in general. Not just in the SEC, but in general. And an under Mike Leach, who he got Gardner Minshew to look like a one of the better quarterbacks in college football. And also now a starting quarterback in the NFL. And he had Anthony Gordon lead the team, I mean the NCAA, in passing yards. KJ Costello, Stanford guy, Pac-12, knows that style of offense, knows the air raid system very well. This could be amazing to see. The only thing that I will say is that A&M, like many SEC schools, is known for their defense. So if they can stop Costello, they can stop the weapons, and they can stop Leach from keeping the team guessing on all cylinders. This should not be a trap game for A&M. But for right now, every game that Mississippi State plays... If they're not playing an FCS school or a non-Power 5 conference, every SEC team should consider them a trap game. Because what's going to happen is, this is going to work, and the air raid offense is going to immediately thrive at Mississippi State. It's immediately going to work. Or, it's going to fail abysmally the first year, and AM has nothing to worry about. But for now, with the defense that's returning, with the team that they already have, and with Mike Leach calling the shots, this is a trap game. In fact, this is the trap game for AM. They're going to be riding high going into October. They're going to be riding high going into the break. Right before that break, they play Mississippi State. This is going to be a game that really determines, is AM going to be a 9-3, 8-14, and or are they going to be a 10-2, 11-1 team? Because if they lose this game, you can kiss immediately out the college football playoff, you can probably kiss out the New Year's Six games, and they're going to be playing in the Texas Bowl again, or the Liberty Bowl, or the Capital One Bowl, or the Outback Bowl, for all that matters. They're all good games, but they're not what you expect for AM entering the third year Jimbo Fisher at a more relaxed schedule. We're going to close out the show today with just a couple thoughts on what's been going on this past weekend. And Anyone who listens to this podcast, whether you are black or you are white, whether you are any race, any gender, any sexual orientation, you come here to listen about Texas A&M. And because you come to listen, I get to talk and I get to have a voice. I am white. I'll be honest with you. If you couldn't tell by my voice and you couldn't tell by how I sound or how any of that, I'm white. I will never understand what it means for a black male or female to get in the car and have those red and blue lights flashing behind them. When I get stopped, I know that unless something is very wrong, I will get a ticket and I will be on my way. That's not always the case for them. And in fact, a lot of the times it's not the case for them. For as long as the civil rights movement and beyond it have been going on, African American people who are just like us, human beings, 
nice, kind-hearted human beings have been telling us what is going on when they are approached by someone. And we didn't listen because we didn't have proof. Now we have a cell phone and it takes two buttons. It takes a flip up a switch and a record button on your camera to see it live. And what they've said to us over the years is nothing compared to what we've seen these past few weeks. It is a shame that this is where we are today in 2020. 2020 has been a rough year. It's been a very rough year for so many reasons. But this is something that really hurts. And people have been making a stand. And whether you agree with Colin Kaepernick's stance of taking a a knee at a football game as a peaceful protest. He was bringing up this situation. Whether you agree what was going on in the Olympics. When two athletes raised their fist in the air. They were telling us what was going on. We didn't listen. We did not listen. It's time we need to listen. I love my city of Houston. I love my father's city in Chicago. I love my mother's city in New York. But I am sad for these cities that are getting rioted and looted. And there are people out there peacefully protesting and saying, listen to us. We're not here to cause any harm. But we are people in this country too. And you need to protect us like you would protect your own children, your own wife, your own family. Because that's what you agreed to do when you took that oath. It's shameful that this is where we are in 2020. It's no longer to look at this as a white or black problem. This is a right or wrong problem. And if you choose to turn the other cheek on what is going on in the world today, we're going to be right here for a very long time. So get to know people. Don't immediately assume based off the color of someone's skin that they are there to harm you or hurt you. They are here just like us. They are hardworking people. And we all are here to live in one of the greatest countries in the world because of we have that right. Every chance we step out the door, we have the right and we have the freedom to be able to do what so many other countries can't do. Don't judge someone based off the color of their skin. And the only way the problem can get better is if we address the problem. There is still racism in the world today, and we need to fix that. And we need to fix that not just for our generation, but for the next generation that comes up behind us. Because we do not need to have this going on for our children and our children's children. I don't need to sit here and fear for my friends who live in Memphis and my friends who live in Nashville that if they're going to get stopped by a police officer, They may not make it home that night. They may be going to a morgue for an autopsy because of the color of their skin. 
And I don't want to ever see that to an athlete for A&M, for a person who lives in College Station, for anyone. I love every single person in this world. No matter your color of your skin, no matter your gender, your sexual orientation, anything. Be better. Learn from this weekend. Learn from this mess that we've been living in. And fix the problem. Step up. And end it today. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk more AM. But while you're at it, make sure you're following our sister shows at Big Locked on Big 12, Locked on Big 10, Locked on SEC, Locked on ACC, and last but not least, Locked on College Football. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, gig them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.